There could be a fire sale in Carolina with the Panthers firing their head coach. Could the Chargers potentially target receivers DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson? You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for six seasons. But this is our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. But we are getting into our Chargers mailbag today, and there's been a lot of rumors about the Chargers and potentially trying to add one of the star receivers from Carolina, guys who would definitely help the offense. But maybe they could go for a cheaper, more familiar face at that position to add to the wide receiver room. But we're also going to talk about when, what week we could start worrying about some of the underwhelming offseason acquisitions. And we'll talk about Trey Pipkins, who went from, you know, making the Chargers biggest need no matter what right tackle next season to how much are the Chargers going to have to pay Trey Pipkins. But this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And they have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash on. David, one thing that has always kind of happens, especially when a team fires their head coach, is it kind of, you know, is it they are they going into a rebuilding thing? And if they are, could they potentially have some premier players that they could just be trying to unload salary caps and unload contracts with? And for the Panthers specifically, David, there's two names that definitely pop up to mind. And one of our listeners was thinking the same thing. So we'll start off our mailbag here with a question from Chris on Twitter who asked, Will the Chargers add another wide receiver like Tyron Johnson or place a call to Carolina for one of theirs? So let's start with the two big names from Carolina, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. So just at a baseline level, David, would you have any interest there? Yeah, I mean, when you look at Robbie Anderson, he's a guy that has traditionally had a lot of long speed, and he showed that in the first game of the season against the Cleveland Browns when he caught a 75-yard touchdown. You're like, okay, well, that injection of speed in this Chargers offense would be pretty nice. And then you go to a guy like DJ Moore, who has coming off of three straight 1100 plus yard receiving seasons. Like that is the model of consistency. The guy can flat out catch the football and he runs a four, four. So he does provide some good speed as well. Just, I mean, at a service level, both of those guys, you can definitely see a movie in which they become one of the co-stars of the Chargers offense. Yeah, and to me, even though DJ Moore is the better receiver, I mean, Robbie Anderson is the guy I think that would help the Chargers offense the most just because of the fact that he can spread the field, right? That he can stretch the field. He can threaten teams deep. He would be the most legitimate deep threat the Chargers have had in a really, really long time. And I'm not going to count Travis Benjamin in that, right? So the Chargers have I mean, Tyrell Williams is a great deep threat for this he team. Was. He had legitimate speed and could beat people deep. But the Chargers haven't had that in a while, and they don't have anyone that fits that bill on their roster right now. And he has legitimate deep speed. He doesn't have, you know, borderline deep speed. He's a guy that can just straight up run past defenders. Yeah, the Chargers don't have that guy. And we know that the Chargers have lacked explosiveness on offense. 
DJ Moore, you'd find a way to make it work. Is not only has the dude put up three straight 1,100 yard seasons, right? The other part of it is he's done that with a litany of terrible quarterbacks, That's right? He's done true. that with the <laughs> Sam Darnolds, the Baker Mayfield. Well, he didn't hasn't done it with Baker Mayfield yet, but you feel like he'd probably get there because he's done it with all the other bad quarterbacks they've had. A really struggling Cam Newton, PJ Walker, you name it. DJ Moore's put up numbers with whoever has been throwing in the football. And you could say the same thing about Robbie Anderson because the Jets quarterback situation has been pretty terrible too. But unfortunately here, David, I think the biggest question is, you know, not if they would help the Chargers. They absolutely would. You would definitely be interested. The Chargers should be interested. The problem is you're already paying two $20 million receivers, and this would be potentially adding another $20 million receiver in 2023. Yeah, I mean, w- when you look when you look at it and not have to worry about the contracts and you just say, hey, <laughs> does this guy fit in the offense? Heck, yeah, they fit in the offense and, and they, they would be tremendous help. But unfortunately, we don't live in a fairy tale. We live in a world where we have to worry about salary cap and contracts and fitting those contracts into the salary cap. And both of these guys, Robbie Anderson has a twenty one point seven million dollar cap hit in 2023 and dj moore has a 25 plus million dollar cap hit in 2023 unfortunately with the way that the chargers cap situation is right now and we know that we at least we think we know that the the new tv deal monies are probably going to have an effect on their salary cap but as it is currently constructed the chargers are in very very bad salary cap situation so they just unfortunately cannot afford to really add another contract. Now we've seen some miracles happen. The saints show us pretty much every single year that you can manipulate the cap however you want. So could they conceivably make it happen? Sure. They could probably make it happen, but Tom Telesco does not do business that way. He never has in his 10 years as the Chargers general manager. And I don't see that happening now. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I I can't see it happening with either of these guys. They, could they potentially make it work this year and move some things around? Yes, but there can. Right now, they're projected to be over the cap in twenty twenty three. They're definitely going to be able to get under it. They're going to move some things around. But are you going to kind of hamstring yourself from other moves you're probably going to have to make next season with some other needs that we'll get to later in the show that still feel like they're unaddressed in twenty twenty two? Probably not. But a cheap option. That is something I think the Chargers could definitely like to bring in. And one cheap option that's out there, David, is Tyron Johnson, who after bouncing around over the last year and a half, you know, year plus, is now back on the market, knows the Chargers offense, would probably come on the cheap and be the Chargers fastest wide receiver. How would you feel about that? Yeah, honestly, uh, with Tyron Johnson, I was a guy that was an advocate for keeping him when he got cut originally. And, you know, I I think there were some reports out there that maybe he wasn't completely grasping the entirety of the Chargers offense, but I don't need him to understand everything. We just need him to do one thing, and that's stretch the field. Yeah, honestly, that's that impact alone is going to have it's going to pay dividends for the Chargers offense when you have to account for that guy who is just going to scream down the football field and you have to honor the fact that the quarterback, Justin Herbert, can pretty much hit him anywhere on the football field that is going to open things up for everyone underneath so if he comes in doesn't know everything right away i'm okay with it because i just need you to stretch the field that's all you need to do and it's going to have a tangible impact right away yeah i mean this is the thing he's had two catches since you left the chargers right and both were for the jacksonville jaguars had a couple returns with the raiders and got cut 
after playing in two games for them this season. So he it's not like he's exactly, you know, take the world by storm since world he left. Fire, this, yeah. yeah, exactly. Left the Chargers. I mean, he hasn't worked out anywhere that he's been since then. Right. As far as him not picking up the offense, I don't remember any legitimate, you know, official reports on that. But it does seem like, hey, you could maybe speculate something must be happening for this dude to not be sticking around these teams. But there, it'd be irresponsible to do that just because yeah. it's like we don't know anything for sure. We don't know he's a bad team or anything. But one thing we do know is he did have some good chemistry with Justin Herbert. Dude yeah. averaged 20 yards a catch on 20 catches in 2020. So, I mean, he definitely yeah. has some chemistry there. It seems like he'd still have a leg up at least in the Chargers offense if he were to come in because he at least had some time with them before he got cut before the 2021 season. That being said, obviously, you know, the biggest thing with him was always special teams, but it did seem like hey, it might be him or Jalen Guyton. They went with Jalen Guyton. Now Jalen Guyton's gone. But let's get one more in here, David, before we get to the break. And that is from Donnie, you know, a.k.a. Blake's dad on Twitter. And he asked, are we still confident with Josh Palmer as wide receiver three or should they look to upgrade? Since we're talking about, you know, upgrading at wide receiver, what do you think? Yeah, with Josh Palmer, I'm definitely not ready to close the book on him. I think it's way too early to do that. Uh, I think also you have to have some context. The fact that he has been dealing with some injuries in the last couple of games and we're Recently. all falling. We all fall victim to recency bias. Every, you know, the things that we see that is freshest in our minds is that Josh Palmer has been given an opportunity with Keenan Allen being out with a hamstring injury. He's gotten a lot more targets and unfortunately he hasn't really made the most of those opportunities. 26 targets, 17 catches, 183 yards. 10.3 yards per reception, which is decent. And he has one touchdown and 77 yeah. yards after the catch. So nothing gaudy, nothing spectacular from Josh Palmer, but I'm definitely not re- ready to just close the book on him. There's still a lot of games left in the season. There's still time to get that chemistry back with Justin Herbert. We know he's a hard worker and I just feel like hard workers are going to come, come through and that's going to pay off. Not ready to say, you know, we need to get rid of Josh Palmer yet. Yeah, and I don't know if this is saying get rid of him, right? I think this is just saying, hey, are you confident with him as your number three wide receiver? And I don't know how you could be. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying you should close the book on him, but I'm also not saying, hey, he's done anything so far in Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen's absence that makes you feel like, okay, hey, the Chargers are good without either Mike Williams or Keenan Allen after this year, right? You're right. Because he has not shown at all that he can be a straight-up number two receiver. It doesn't mean that he can't. But also, you know, out of all those yards and catches you talked about, more than half of those came in one blowout game against the Jaguars where he That's had 99 true. of his 178 yards, right? So, like, he's shown up for one game. It was a blowout. It's hard to feel really sold on it. I mean, Michael Bandy got in and some snaps that he missed and looked really good right away. The connection has seemed off with Josh Palmer and Justin Herbert. It's weird. It's too soon to call it off at this point. But I do think they need to get him right and healthy, and he needs to show that he can be something. Because 10.8. Yards per catch is definitely on the lower end of the spectrum. I mean, that's not anything to write home about by any means. But he just has to be better. He has to take a better advantage of this opportunity that he's been given. Hopefully, we just see Keenan Allen back, though, soon. I don't need to see. That would be nice. You know, I just need to see that dude back in the offense and what the offense is going to look like. Because the little we saw of it, it looked incredible. Really good. So, we, we're going to keep getting into that and talking about, you know, the Chargers offense for sure. But one of the things that was brought up by one of our listeners are some of the offseason acquisitions that may be underwhelming so far in the 2022 season. J.C. Jackson, obviously, being one of those guys. So we're going to get into that. And Trey Pipkins and what he's been able to do so far this season, which has been incredible. 
But now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. One of the things that really helped me during the pandemic when I was stuck at home doing was doing remote therapy, and I did it with BetterHelp. And it helped me realize how important it is to take care of my mental health. One great thing about therapy that I love is it doesn't necessarily solve your problems for you, but it teaches you how to solve your own problems so that you can start helping yourself be a problem solver on a day-to-day basis. But another nice thing about it is, hey, if you have one issue that you have to just talk to someone about, you can do that at BetterHelp. You don't need a strict schedule. You don't need to go 10 times a month or anything like that. And you can do it from the comfort of your own home. And you can always reach any kind of better help therapist that you need pretty much 24 seven all the time. I know that I've dealt with anxiety and depression in the past, and it always helps when you get to talk to someone. And I love better help because of them helping me alleviate some of that burden when things seem like they're way too much. But if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, better help is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online with therapy. It can take a few tries to get the right fit too. So if you don't like the therapist that you're given, you can change your therapist for free whenever you want. Right now, guys, they have a special offer for our listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash on. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at BetterHelp.com slash on. We are continuing our Chargers mailbag, and we got a couple of voicemails this week, and I wanted to get into those for sure because I think they bring up some really good questions, including about some of the Chargers offseason acquisitions. We definitely hyped up the Chargers offseason as one of the best that we've ever seen. Some guys have definitely lived up to the hype. Some guys definitely haven't. But let's hear what Kartik from Toronto calling in for the first time in a while has to say about it. This is Kartik from Toronto. Wanted to say how psyched I was for the great win in Cleveland. It was a close call, but he pulled it out. At what point would you start to worry about the new additions that we got, you know, not producing to the level that we expected them to do, particularly J.C. Jackson and Sebastian Joseph Day? It's really early, you know, so I'm not panicking right now when J.C. came off the ankle surgery, but I was hoping this unit was going to be top three, and so far I think these two guys really – could help us elevate to there, but it hasn't shown on the field as of yet. So by what week do you think if this continues on, would you think it's become a problem? And what do you think has to happen for them to be successful? In? I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I think putting a week on it is tough because it's different for different players. I have a different amount of kind of worry about different players that the Chargers added in the offseason. And I think Khalil Mack has been great for the Chargers so far this year. I think Bryce Callahan has been awesome so far for the Chargers this year. There were a lot of good additions. J.C. Jackson is obviously the one, David, that with him, to me, it just hasn't been good enough. It has to be better. If the Chargers want to reach the goals that they want to reach, he has to specifically one-on-one be better. I mean, he's gotten cooked a couple of times already this season. That Amari Cooper touchdown was not pretty to watch in that last game, or the fact that they were just targeting him. Sebastian Joseph Day, though, I thought he's been fine. I mean, if you want to harp on the pass rush, I definitely get it, but I think it's hard. You can't just blame the Chargers' bad run defense on just Sebastian Joseph Day and have him just hold up that man by himself. No, absolutely not. It's not just him out there on the defensive line. He's not the only one playing defense. It's not like he doesn't have linebackers behind him. Some of those guys are yeah. not getting in the right lanes and, and you know they're not assignment sound. It's not all on Sebastian Joseph Day. I think he's added a toughness. I also think he's added some leadership to that room as well you know he's been very outspoken and he's been a guy that people have really gravitated gravitated towards so I, I i think that we still need to give some time to him and also jc jackson we, we've played five games the chargers have played five games so far but he's only contributed in three 
of those games. So I think we still need to give him some more time. I also would like to just see him in more of those man, man to man situations. That's where he excels the most. That's where he can really just use his instincts and his ball skills to really make an impact on the football game. So I'd like to see that. Um, I'm not really worried about it. I'm not going to put a timeline on it or a specific week, but I feel like you need to give it a couple more weeks for JC to get acclimated, continue getting healthy. And I think, you know, he's going to turn a corner. He's too good of a player to continue on the way it's been going. And also I think there's been a couple of pass breakups, especially in that Browns game that give you a little bit of confidence that you're going to see in some things that are trending in the right direction. I think it, the thing with J.C. Jackson is it's like there's not really any more excuses, right? Like, right. And I think people make good points where it's like, hey, it shouldn't be a huge acclimation pro- project when you're having someone come in that you need to make a big impact for you right away, right? Yeah. I think that's true, and, and that's very fair. I will put a week on it. I'll say the bye week, right? I think two more games would be a good enough kind of sample size, have a five-game sample to where we can kind of see what's going wrong. But it's also, you know, how much faith do you have in the Chargers defense to use him effectively as well? Or, you know, being yeah. able to play to the strengths of a guy you paid $16.5 million a season for, right? And then I think yeah. that's an important part of it, too. I don't know if he's going to get to that 17 interception guy over a two year span, right? But it's going to feel a lot better, even the bad stuff, because he's always given up some yards, but he always sure. has the interceptions, too. So it was always a roll of the dice if you wanted to target him because, you know, he could be baiting you. He's yeah. still great at the catch point. He just has to be there and be more connected when the receiver is making the catch. And the connection yeah. part is something that's definitely been worrisome, just the amount of space he has between guys. But you got to yes. let him get up and get his hands on guys, too, and use him yeah. the way that Bill Belichick found ways to use him, right, and make him one of the best corners in the league like he does with so many other DBs. But I think if you get to the bye week and it's still looking as bad as it is right now, I would definitely worry. I'm already a little bit worried about it, but I think a lot of the offseason acquisitions have definitely come in and done pretty well. But yeah, maybe the surprise of the year so far, David, has been Trey Pipkins, the guy that we had all eyes on going into the season, the guy we said, hey, it's going to be hard to hide how bad you're going to be potentially at right tackle between him and Storm Norton. And Barnaby brings up a great point, which is, David, hey, you might now have to go pay this guy soon. Hello, this is Barnaby from the 805. So I was just looking at some of the contract situations, and it looks like Trey Pipkins is in the last year of his contract. So I never thought I'd ever ask this, and I want to apologize to Trey Pipkins or anybody that knows him could relay the message of, sorry, I was talking smack. You've done a great job turning around your career with us. Now that maybe we want to keep him and he's in his last year of the contract, how much money do you think it would take to actually re-sign Trey Pipkins and keep him? That's my question for you guys. I'll be at Monday Night Football. Hope that you guys are there. Balls up. Ah, that's awesome. Uh, Barnaby, thanks for calling in, man, for sure. I think it's a great question, and, and I think it, you deserve credit you know, for calling in and apologizing. We've definitely done our apologizing to Trey Pipkins. But, David. Trey Pipkins has been fantastic. I think this question is hard because there's not a lot of other examples where you see a guy struggle as much as he has and then turn it on just for one season or the lack of a full sample size here. But he has exceeded every single expectation so far, and he has gone to the top of the list of guys the Chargers need to try to bring back next year. All credit to Trey Pipkins for the amount of work that he put in this offseason. It is clearly paying 
dividends as yeah. a run blocker, as a pass protector. He's been fantastic. 191 pass block snaps, seven pressures, one hit, and zero sacks given up. Yeah. All respect to Trey Pipkins. He has earned it. Now, as far as a couple of contracts that I think could be somewhere around the parameters, I see the L. Collins contract, three years, 21 million. Rob uh, Havenstein, that's probably the top end. That's 11.5 per season. I think we're probably right around that range. And the reason is, is we haven't seen a consistent version of Trey Pipkins the entirety of his contract. It's really just been this year. He's stacked good games on top of each other. And we still need to get through the entirety of the season. Right. And we need to put an entire campaign together. But so far, so good for Trey Pipkins. Yeah, and this is obviously kind of like, hey, if he continues to do this all season, yes. what is he going to get paid, right? And if he right. continued to do this, it would be zero sacks allowed playing right tackle for the Chargers, which would be insane. I don't yes. think that's going to happen. But from where that guy started to where he is now is incredible. I think it is going to be something like that around Lyle Collins, probably somewhere between 7 and $9 million. Yeah. If I had to put a number on it, which is substantial, but you're not going to see a lot of starting tackles at either side that are making less than that. That is what the price is. I don't think you'll get up to the top end with the Lane Johnson and guys like that. The top end guys are making 17 to $19 million yeah. per season. With the track record of Trey Pipkins and just the you know lack of a sample size, I think the Chargers should hopefully be able to slide in and get them on a pretty good deal and feel really, yeah. really good about their right tackle situation somehow, which is a huge, huge upset, something that I would have never bet on. But we do need to get into more Chargers mailbag questions here. And coming up next, we're going to be getting into what the Chargers' new expectations are after recent struggles that they've ever recent wins that they've had right and what the chargers have lost injury wise and we're also going to be getting into what the biggest need is for the chargers now that it's not right tackle right which is crazy to say but first i need to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the locked on chargers podcast and that is betonline.net betonline is the number one place for all of your sports wagering information and your latest in live betting and all the things that you're looking for for your football sunday or for whatever you're looking for at bet online you're going to find all of the latest of player developments you're going to find all the best analytics and articles to help you make the most informed bets possible and it's not just football it's mlb playoffs right now it's mma as david swings some punches over there whatever you're looking for you can bet on it at bet online they always have a bunch of player props and things like that too that you can check in on and you just can get all of the best information that you need so make sure you guys go to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about bet online today Bet online where the game starts. Continuing our Chargers mailbag here, David, we had so many good questions and shout out to anyone who reached out. We had a lot of good questions we couldn't get on the show today. We appreciate you guys and anyone who reached out to us on Twitter at Lockdown LAC. We just had so many questions, David, that we aren't going to always be able to get into all of them. But we might get back into some questions on Friday, depending on how the week plays out, since we do have Monday night football coming up against the Denver Broncos. But Let's start here with one of our favorites, David, a tier as a question for us today. And basically it's this, what are the expectations for the Chargers now in 2022? Is it still to win a Super Bowl or is it just to win a playoff game, David? Yeah, that, that's a really tough question. I think if you ask the Chargers organization, it's it still make a deep playoff run. If it's not Super Bowl or bust, it, it's make a deep playoff run, regardless of the injuries that the Chargers have accrued. Because yeah. also, you know, 
obviously it sucks to lose Rashawn Slater and Jalen Guyton and, and Joey Bosa for a consider- considerable amount of this season. But hopefully, in, at least in the fact of Joey Bosa, you could get him back for the home stretch for, you know, the, the, the last, you know, the last part of the season, you get him when the games really, really matter. And then you have that pass rushing duo that you thought you were going to have the majority majority of the season to try to kind of get you where you want to go. I mean, obviously I think the expectations are a, a little bit changed after we kind of seen the product so far uh, and things can change, you know, in the first part of the season, the chargers, defense was horrible and that they made some changes, especially in in the run defense department. And you saw some things get better. And so I think the chargers coaching staff are capable of making adjustments. We'll see if that actually takes place, but I still think expectations are that the chargers make the playoffs and do damage in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, the expectations with what the chargers still have, not even including the guys who have gotten injured, has to be playoffs or bust, right? I mean, yeah. it, it, you should still be expected to make the playoffs. I think the thing with the Chargers is, is they just showed us that they're not one of the special, fully equipped teams in the NFL, right? They're yeah. just not in the same tier as someone like the Buffalo Bills. They're not in the same tier as someone like the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, they are a team that's flawed, just like 25 other teams in the NFL. Like, there's a huge group of teams that are good to pretty good on any given week. And the chargers, I just think find themselves squarely in that conversation until they can elevate, beat some good teams, go on a winning streak. Cause right now they're just like all the other teams that are two and three and three and two out there. And, and they yeah. have legitimate reasons to feel like they should do good, better going forward. And a lot of red flags they've had so far this season that make you hesitant to say that they will. And I think yeah. that's just what the chargers are now. I think if you don't win a playoff game with Justin Herbert this year, it's a disaster. Yes. Uh, if you can't do that, then something's gone terribly wrong and it's still hard to say that we're for sure going to see that this year but i think you still i i I think it's afc championship game or bust as far as where i think a successful season is for this team with the guys they have under contract with the age of the guys they have under contract that's where i would put it but let's get to chris saiz here who asks going off of the team we have now what would be your primary focus going into next year's draft in 2023 i thought it would be right tackle but trey pipkins has been been solid and David, off topic, but what were your thoughts on Bray Wyatt's return at Extreme Rules? Well, so I'll start with the first part. I have no idea what that second part means at all. But David, I think when I'm talking about biggest needs right now, wide receiver is now up there for me, which is yep. partially because I, I don't have full trust in you know Josh Palmer as wide receiver three. And I think the Chargers have to go cheap there with the money they're already paying there. Safety is way up there now because mm-hmm. of what's happened with Nazir Adderley and Lohi Gilman. And my dark horse one, David, is defensive tackle because I think the Chargers, especially with Sebastian Joseph Day, they still don't have that dominant interior pass rusher or just that full package of a a fully capable defensive tackle. Yeah, speed receiver is definitely uh, up there for me. I I feel like, I mean, we've said said this even before the season started. That's an element of the offense that's missing. And it's really criminal, honestly, that you're not giving a, a true burner to Justin Herbert to, to really stretch the football field and really stress out opposing defenses. I think that's definitely something. Also, another pass rusher. I mean, you, you can never have enough pass rushers. Huge. So I think that feels that like be... more needs than we thought they were going to have at this point. But yeah, it does feel like all of those feel like. Yeah, that. I mean, it's just you, you see the, you know, the inability to get after the quarterback when your main guys are not in there full time. So you just got to add more guys that can get after the quarterback. Now, as far as the, the buildup for Bray Wyatt here, I thought it was great. I, I think, honestly, 
WWE did a fantastic job of using QR codes and putting the subliminal messages through many different episodes. They really built it correctly. And then I love the payoff at Extreme Rules with all of his different characters that were played by different wrestlers. I, I think it was very, very well done. And they obviously have very, very big plans for Bray Wyatt's return. Hey, I have to pee. I'll be right back since I'm already cutting it up. I'm just going to go. You're good, man. Wrestling. <laughs> I should have known we were talking about wrestling. I didn't know, you know, something I'm definitely not as equipped to talk about like David is. But let's get to our next Chargers mailback question and see how many we can get to here. This one's from Mario Cruz who asks, do you guys think our defense just needs to mesh for a few more weeks or in, and they can be elite towards the end of the season? So, David, I mean, that there's been excuses for this defense, right? They have to mesh. And, and like, excuses and I think valid reasons too i mean these guys do have to mesh to a certain extent it's, there was a ton of turnover on that defense these guys are still coming together but how long can you play that game how long can you keep asking those same questions so do you think it is something where they do just need to mesh and they can become an elite defense i don't know if i see elite defense so far from from you know the information that we've been given given up over right. 28 points per game that's just not going to get it done and uh, that's not an elite defense that's not anywhere close to what we expected now how they can turn that around get some more turnovers <laughs> i mean the first first game of the season they had you know several turnovers against the raiders since then they have really struggled to turn the football over and so I think have they recovered a fumble yet no <laughs> since we've had this conversation they can't for, like no crazy. they 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 see a ball on on the grass and they're just allergic to picking it up that just that does not happen. So you, you got to turn the football over. You, you got to get your ball back to the offense more. You got to get more sacks. You got to manufacture more pass rush. Yeah. If they're not able to do that, then the Chargers defense is not going to go where we all expected it to go. Yeah, I mean, there's problems on this Chargers defense. I don't see it being elite this year. I think of an elite defense as like a top five. Maybe some teams in the top ten have an elite defense. I just don't know how to see it, especially when we don't know when Joey Bosa is going to come back. With Joe, yeah. It's crazy, too, because we've gotten to see how much of a difference having someone like Joey Bosa makes just by himself and having those two elite edge rushers and how much better they looked in those first couple of games yeah. when they had both of those guys, right? And it's just – it's tough because I, I just see the flaws because if you could find the better pass rush, it's going to make your secondary look better. Mm -hmm. And I think you feel really good about Bryce Callahan and Asante Samuel Jr. And you feel really good that I think – even if J.C. Jackson can't get to an elite level, he's not going to continue being this bad. He just can't. No. He's, he's not going to be terrible all season long. I just don't see it happening. The Chargers have to find a better way to use him. He just has to be straight up better. But I don't necessarily see it being elite. I do think there are some things, though, hey, they can still come together a little bit more. They can still get on the same page, especially in the run defense game, because that yeah. is so much of it, just knowing who's going in what gap. And almost, and like the Chargers aren't getting blown off the line of scrimmage like we've seen in years past, right? No. It's more like somebody's not filling the hole and there's a crease and, and guys are picking up seven, eight yards or 50. And, and oh, by the it. way, let's stop the big, the big explosive plays. Like that's <laughs> been a, a huge part of this Chargers defense and why they are not going where yeah. they should go is giving up those 50 plus yard runs just game after game yeah and some big game. passes too. You eliminate that you eliminate those big explosive plays and then you might see some semblances of the defense that you thought you were getting before the season started yeah i, I don't know if, if we'll ever <laughs> see this defense live up to the expectations maybe unfair expectations we put on it but there are a lot of good players derwin james is the best safety in the league 
and for my money, right? Khalil Mack is still playing at a really high level. He's been great. I think there's questions at defensive tackle. I think there's questions at your second edge rusher now because Chris Rump has been okay at pass rushing, but has also been awful in run defense, which is, you know, kind of expected because even as an asparagus now, not a green bean or whatever he is now, it's still not big enough to hold the edge consistently. Still hasn't played the edge or the run well enough to consider being the full-time guy at that position. Uh, it's just tough, but I think the Chargers, hey, can they turn around? Can they put together an okay defense? Can they put together a top 15 defense? They absolutely have the pieces to do it, but they're going to need guys that they already have to get a lot better. I don't see an outside player coming in at this point that's going to be able to change things or move the needle enough with a trade or any kind of free agent acquisition at this point. Maybe if there's more injuries, they think about it. Just doesn't seem like there's something they're willing to do. So they're going to have to get better. They're going to have to gel better. And they're going to have to get a lot of improvement from a lot of the guys that we haven't seen live up to their expectations this season. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Thank you to everyone who hit us up at Locked On LAC or called into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924. We appreciate everyone for getting your thoughts on today's show. Make sure you're back here tomorrow because it's crossover Thursday. It's Locked On Chargers. It's Locked On Broncos. And you're definitely going to want to hear Cody Rourke have to talk about how much of a dumpster fire the Broncos have been so far this season. I mean, that must be rough over there in Locked On Broncos land, and we've had some rough moments ourselves, so we get it. But to make sure you don't miss it, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever, and make sure to rate and review at those places if you can as well. We really appreciate that. But you can also, if you need a second listen, go listen to the Peacock and Williamson show where Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson both get into everything going on around the league in less than 30 minutes. You can find that wherever you get your podcast from as well. But make sure you guys are here tomorrow for the crossover episode, crossover, the Broncos crossover tomorrow. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.